LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects yeah, today. That's right. Reading, right? Reading. In ministry, uh, how do you cultivate a habit of reading? Now, when COVID hit, I think everyone stopped reading <laughs> or you're reading, you're trying to read books on and, and, you know, things that were coming out about, okay, what's going on. And we're reading a lot of news. Uh, but when it came to ministry books and leadership books, I know, uh, I know, I know books weren't being sold and a lot of people weren't talking about it because we were in this pandemic and this fight or flight sort of mode. But, but as we continue to hope to hopefully, continue to emerge out of this this global pandemic getting back into reading is so so important i mean i remember last year todd uh january of last year as people are thinking about new year's resolutions and things to change and all that stuff i realized that 2020 after the the pandemic hit i had hardly even read one book one or two books maybe from march to december and I'd read a lot of articles and, and I was just kind of up to my eyeballs in all the changes and, and adapting and everything, all the stress. I just, I hardly even had any energy to read. But when January last year came around, I was like, you know what? I am going to put together a plan. So I remember pulling out the biggest sticky note I had in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. And I started plotting out books that I was going to read. And just by having that check mark in and saying, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then being able to do that in my in-between times, I was able to knock out uh, enough books for two years <laughs> that was able to get me back on the, okay, yeah, reading is good. This is helpful. It's, it's really important for ministry. Now, that's something that I did last year. It's not something that I'm going to be repeating this year because my rhythms are a bit different. Uh, but let's let's talk about different ways, uh, for example, of, of, of ways really that we can cultivate a habit of reading. What are some of your thoughts, Todd? So, yeah, I think that's uh, it's good to be self-accountable. It's also great to be accountable to others, whether that's formal or informal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, we used to on the podcast, we used to do. Uh, when way back when I was doing a podcast with Barnabas, five leadership questions, or even with you, we would sometimes do book breakdowns or we would do, um, a, an episode that was just like quick hitters. And yeah. one of those quick hitters is what are you reading? Yeah. Well, I knew that I was gonna, I always needed to be reading. I was mm -hmm. around, um, uh, I was around other people that read a lot. Uh, and so when you're around people that read a lot, you were affected by that. I mean, yeah. you really are who you run with. So I would say surround yourself with a few readers, um, that are your friends and, and that helps a ton. Mm -hmm. If they're, even if they're not in your friends, uh, current friend, you know, circle, you can reach out to a couple of guys that, you know, are readers and say, Hey, let's read something together. Or if you're lucky enough to have staff, um, you can say, hey, we're going to read this together. Mm -hmm. That will hold you accountable. I love just putting it out there. So if I say it, then I have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so for me, that's, that's a big piece is accountability to others, even when it isn't formal. Um, just saying, I'm going to do it rather than we're going to all do this together. Even doing that is, is really helpful for me. Yeah, that's helpful. Having that accountability, talking and surrounding yourself with other people who are reading so that you're sharing what you're reading and, and, and thoughts in and around that is, is hugely helpful, right? So are the, are the people that you surround yourself with always talking about the latest show on Netflix or the latest thing that, that that's on? I mean, then that's what you're going to do, right? Or versus, versus books. So. You're right. Um, those we surround ourselves with do make a huge influence in how we read and what we read and, and what kind of leader we do become. Another way to think about habits and in regards to reading is to just put it as a part of your schedule. So when you think about your day and, and you think about, okay, you know, I'm going to start my day in the word or I'm going to finish my day in the word and in, in spending time with God. Uh, perhaps you want to extend that time by 15 or 30 minutes and add a book. And it's not necessarily reading when you feel like it. It's more just, yeah, it's just a part of my everyday. I'm going to read. I'm just going to read 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Or or maybe there's another time in your day where instead of bringing your phone into the into the restroom, you bring a book, right? I mean, there's there's lots of different ways that you can put it as a part of your rhythm, calendar, and schedule. So Todd, I'm curious, and I don't know if you want to go here or not, if, if we wanted to share a few of our recent reads and uh, just to model it and, and to share, okay, yeah, this is these are a few of the, uh, some of my favorite recent reads, and, I want to, and then we can just talk about that. We can. Uh, I, would, I would still say from a habit perspective, there's a couple more things that, that you can do. I like the idea of having a timer. Um, I would remind people, not just uh, any time, that you waste time on your phone, you could be reading. Yeah. So just look at, go in and look at how much time you spend on your phone. Yeah, that's just, right. Just, it's just easy start, to do that these days. <laughs> start to track that. Um, yeah. I would say like, do I ignore um, alerts on my phone that tell me I've been on uh, YouTube too long? Yes. Or Twitter too long? Yes. Um, but at least they're there and, uh, and, and sometimes I do stop and say, you know what, that's a good reminder. So I'd, yeah. you can do things like that to prompt you to read. I would also say, um, give yourself, uh, it's, this sounds really lame and I can't believe I'm, I'm saying it, but give yourself a reward, mm. um, for reading. Uh, so I would say if you can like designate a place mm -hmm. and a time and you reward yourself with like, coffee that you really like while you're reading or whatever, then man, you are much, much, much more likely to read like yeah. a dedicated place in your house to read. I'm not talking about, you have to have a library. Um, but this is the chair and there's a, a nice little table next to me that, uh, provides a, a great place for a cup of coffee. And I have a book light that is, is good to go. Like, yeah. Yeah, Those leveraging built, that that built space, yeah, totally is huge as as reminders to that too. Okay, as far as books that um, I am currently reading, so it, it's it, it's uh, I am not reading for pleasure right now. Mm. <laughs> um, and those that listen to podcasts, I do know that 
I pretty much never read for pleasure. Actually, it is pleasure because I'm kind of the job. Yeah. So uh, right now I am going through some books that I pulled out of the, uh, the, the dumpster when Lifeway was shutting down its main campus to move to a new building. Mm. There were all of these books that, you know, came out of the woodworks. People would put them, um, you know, near the elevator of every floor. And a lot of people were probably going around looking for the latest, greatest, uh, whatever book secretly. I, uh, I knew that the gold was stuff from the fifties and sixties and seventies that had, that were paperbacks and had horrible covers. Um, but were for specific parts of ministry. So I've got like a dozen books on preschool from that era that are very, very good. Um, Right now I'm reading through single staff church stuff. Um, Mm. I'm in the process of doing pipeline for smaller churches. We, Mm. the pipeline process we do can be easily done uh, in a smaller church. The way we present it though is often for larger churches. And so I've just been really convicted about that. And how do I, how do I do that most effectively? Well, I'm going back and reading all the how to books I can find on single staff church. And I wish I could tell you the, the author's name, um, of the one that I'm was in yesterday. It's got a blue cover, a baby (laughs) blue cover. It's beautiful. Um, I got back into some systems thinking book, uh, Mm. books not too long ago. Um, systems thinking is a very academic approach, uh, and it's boring, but Mm. I consider what my job to do is to be, um, is to be learning for, for pastors. And so a lot of what I'll do is take a business concept and then break it down into something that, that we can use in the church. Accelerate by Cotter is uh, another one I was in a week and a half ago. Mm. Forgotten Ways by Hirsch is Mm. one that um, I was in uh, around that same time as well. Just because I was like, okay, Accelerate was about taking a hierarchical model and a network model. Because usually churches or organizations start out as more of a, a network. It's like a dot and nodes. And as they become more successful, it morphs into a hierarchical model that, you know, really is all about controlling risk and mm. responsibility and all that stuff that you need when, you know, there's, there's, uh, a lot at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's to say what usually happens over the course of time is legacy businesses and legacy churches get eaten up by these little upstart networks. And so there's strength to being, you know, Walmart, Mm. but Walmart almost went under because Mm. they kept that when Amazon came along. Yeah. It wasn't until they embraced the network and the hierarchy that they started to succeed again and compete well again. Mm. So, um, sorry, that's accelerating. Uh, that's good. And I would say for those that, um, actually know the book, uh, that I was talking about with Alan Hirsch, you have to be able to say, okay, there's some people that may be, 
um, different than me in theology or practice mm-hmm. that I need to learn from. I mean, you look at the back of that book and it's actually listed emergent church as the category that it comes in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm talking about discipleship with a group of people last week and I bring up this book and I see some of them, you know, their eyes go up and I'm like, Hey guys, who's reaching who you want to reach right now? Who's reaching, who's reaching the culture and has been in these different areas for a while. Well, we need to look at the guys that are in Seattle. I mean, I need to look at Vanderselt, the Ferguson's and these guys that aren't in the South Mm. where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to get anywhere if you read the same books as everybody else. So yeah. that was a very long way of answering that question, Daniel. <laughs> no, that's you, good. That's good. <laughs> you just let me talk. Like I didn't want to say what I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. And you let that's me good. talk long enough that I went from the very safe answer all yeah. the way to the non-safe answer. No, those are all great, great reads. Uh, for me, I, there, there are a few, uh, there, and, my reading has shifted as I've gotten back into the local church. So uh, one of them is actually probably my favorite one most recently is Welcome Holy Spirit by Gordon T. Smith. So Gordon T. Smith is the president of Ambrose Seminary and College in Calgary. Uh, He's a theologian. He used to be a professor at Regent College as well. So, I mean, the guy is just incredibly intelligent and, and well-spoken and, and has written books on calling and courage and calling and discernment and all that. And, and this is his newest book where, and I don't honestly, I don't know if I've read a more theologically balanced and articulate book on the Holy spirit. Now I know in talking about the Holy spirit, we're, we have Baptists listening in Presbyterians, Pentecostals Alliance, you know, everyone all the way from one end to the other of, of, and I know those aren't all the denominations, but, but we have lots of different nuances and, and viewpoints on the Holy spirit. And I feel that as an academic, uh, Gordon T. Smith has, has really done a good job at, at revisiting the concept. In fact, it's probably my favorite book on the Holy Spirit since J.I. Packer's In Step with the Spirit. And if you've read that and if you know Packer, that's saying a lot because the guy's a legend. So uh, there's there's one book on the Holy Spirit. Um, another one, probably more from a, a heart perspective, ministry practitioner perspective, is The Thing Beneath the Thing by Steve Carter. That was a really, really good read on your heart and revisiting motives and power and such. And, and from a grief perspective, a Grace Disguised by Jerry Sitzer. That's that's an old book. Uh, the guy he lost his his wife and his uh, his mom and his daughter in a car accident a couple decades ago. Uh, him and his boys survived, and and this is a book that was recommended to me by my counselor as I was grieving the loss of my dad and and some other losses in our church. So A Grace Disguised was good. And then, and then there's actually a bunch of books I'm reading in prep for a upcoming series we're doing. I'm going to be tackling topics like suicide and, and addiction and, and depression and, and a lot of those pieces uh, coming out of Easter before and after Easter. So there's, there's a, a ton of books in and around that where I'm learning and, and I'm growing in that, but yeah, there's uh yeah. So I could probably keep on going, but, but there's so many good books out there and, and just want to encourage you to, to get back into it, to get back into reading. Uh, we love the fact that you're listening to the podcast and growing in this way and, and hopefully sharing this with those around you, but, and nothing, nothing beats a book and sitting and, and being able to process the thoughts that are in and through 
the writings of, of those books. So be sure to go to our show notes. We'll, we'll be sure to link all that there and, and give you some recommendations too. So Todd, any last thoughts before we wrap up? No, no. <laughs> uh, I, yes and no, I, I do have a thought about listening versus reading. Uh, you know, oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's some of that stuff. Like I have gone back to physical books. Yeah, me too. Actually. I just find it's a richer experience personally. Can I get more done listening? Yes, but it's also more distracting and I don't take good notes. Like I take much better notes when I have the blank pages in the front and the back of a book. That's what those blank pages are for folks. Yeah. Um, and, And take notes and then I have it and it's, it's there forever. It also helps me remember it or imbibe it by writing it. Mm -hmm. Um, versus just listening to something on, you know, two speed or whatever it is that I'm listening to today. Yeah, I found it. I found it the same. I've actually canceled my audible subscription, uh, because of that too. So weird. (laughs) Yeah. That we would both, I mean, you know, we're not together every day anymore. So (laughs) yeah, I used to, I mean, I, I had a ton of books on Audible. Yeah, that was blazing through, but you're right. I was like, do I remember anything from that? No, really. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this is good. All right, well, we'd love to know what you're reading. So reach out to us on social media, share some recommendations, and I will catch you next time.